Tonight on the Guy at the Movies podcast, Bo is afraid and so is Sean likely of what this movie is going to bring. We'll discuss this, a couple other trailers, and a bunch of Golden Globes reactions along with a little other news in just a second. Everyone is part of the family at this point. It is my fan fiction idea that I had. So this movie was garbage. You are a monster beyond all belief. Put them all in the thing and them do How? Oh, you're lucky to have me back. Yeah. <laughs> you're never gonna get 60 million people because you're not a Super Bowl. Shut up! So chaotic. Welcome to the Guy at the Movies podcast. I am Joe. He is Sean. This is episode 128 of the number one rated podcast by our families. Sean, how are you? Yes, it is the number one rated podcast by our families, followed closely by What is a Podcast? Which, <laughs> after three years, they're still wondering, what is a podcast? And your head explodes every time that question gets asked. I mean, like, yeah, the, the, the terminology of radio but not live just does not seem to, like, just translate at all. And, like, do they even know you? <laughs> that, that's also part of the problem, yes. <laughs> Sean, uh, lots of stuff to get to tonight, a few trailers that uh, we're going to discuss, and then we have to get into some of the award stuff. We had our first big, uh, what would it, I was going to say big dip, which didn't really sound right. Yeah, so that's a tough way to say it. Yeah. Um, we had our first uh, big night of award season, arguably, and then we got some uh, SAG nominations, and I know the Critics' Choice Awards are actually taking place right now as we're recording. Um, so I saw Glass Onion won uh, Best Ensemble. <laughs> Um, fair <laughs> yeah. um so a lot of fun stuff to get to tonight uh but um yeah when dive right in let's do it let's do it Bo is afraid what the fuck is this movie it's i uh boy it's something that already cinephiles are saying it's the greatest movie ever and you have no right to think otherwise yep. someone someone told me complete side note on tiktok that christopher nolan is the best uh best director in history period and yeah. i was like and I deleted my account. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, anyway. I, I would. That's a rational response. I watched this trailer and I watched it with my dad. Uh, and <sighs> my dad was like, what is going on here? And I said, Ari Aster. And I like explained the other movies. And he goes, well, we picked the perfect guy for this. I was like, yeah. it's very true. It, it's That's where I'm looking at with this. It just feels like this is just going to be a goofy, crazy movie. And Ari Aster is a director that I love in the first two acts of his films. And then both of those movies, both Hereditary and Midsommar, just like, kind of, I don't want to say completely fall apart, but I don't understand what's going on anymore. And it's just looking at this right now, it's like, yeah, no, it seems like it's going to be the same deal. I'm still excited for it. I mean, you know, there's the the, the bad word, uh, the bad two words known as elevated horror. Um, you know, people don't want that kind of stuff. And I think this is going to be a little bit more than that. But um He's taking a swing. I mean, you know, that that I always have to admire, but it, it, it looks nutty. It already feels like it's going to be too heady for the general public. Well, because I can imagine that. Yeah, like, well, yeah, like you talked about you seeing it with your dad. I can imagine if like my dad watched that trailer, he'd be like, there's no way I'm going inside of a theater that's playing that. Like, just no way. Like, not even in the multiplex, not even in the lobby. Just yeah. I can't. It's so ridiculous. And so I think they're going to lose a general audience there. They're also just definitely not even caring about the general audience. Like, this is a movie where it's like, you know, Ari Aster and Joaquin Phoenix got together. I was going to be like, the takes on this already are going to be insufferable. Um, <laughs> that being said, 
I, I kind of enjoyed the trailer. I did enjoy the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. It does look like it could be crazy enough that I would like have a great time. So I don't know. Bo is afraid. I'm 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 in. I'm cautiously in. I haven't you know I haven't been loved. I haven't loved Ari. I haven't been loved. I haven't loved <laughs> Ari Aster. Probably wouldn't have been loved by him either. But he's I've been a big fan of him. But you know, <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope. I I, I got I got to root for this one because this is just such a goofy thing. I want it to succeed. It is very, very goofy. All right, next one is Sharper. This is a new A24 film that's being released by Apple TV Plus, or Apple Films, I guess you would call it, with um, Julianne Moore. Uh, 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 oh my God, I'm looking at the wrong list here. Julianne Moore, Sebastian Stan, John Lithgow, Justice Smith, Brianna Middleton. Um, really good cast, in my opinion. Um, my my opinion on the trailer, however, is that I didn't think it was a very good trailer. I'm intrigued. Really trailer. <laughs> I'm intrigued by the premise, but it was just messy as shit, and I couldn't follow what they were like setting up. Really bad call on the needle drop on this one. Not to disrespect Ariana Grande, but putting that in a trailer where people are deceiving each other just makes this feel like this is going to be one of the serious Tyler Perry movies, except also only with white people. It just looks like this is just something that really does not work. I like, I mean, it's weird because this is a 24. This seems like the least likely a 24 movie of all time. And so I don't know if it is just because that trailer, like you said, is just completely offbeat. It's very messy. It's, this is some kind of like con job. I, Oh boy, I you know yeah. Hey, it's Apple TV, so I'll I'll, click, I'll press a button to watch it. <laughs> least least likely a twenty four film, and uh, definitely an Apple TV film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like most likely Apple TV, least likely a twenty four. But maybe because it's a twenty four, they just did a shitty trailer, and this will actually be something pretty good. But yikes, it doesn't really look like that. I'm intrigued. I'll, I mean, I'll still watch, but uh, oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that, I'm watching for the cast alone. Absolutely. I mean, like John Lithgow, who you know has always been a legend, but lately has had this career surge, this just like insane batting average of like a thousand. So it's like, okay, yeah, cool. I'm in. Sports and a movie podcast. I definitely want to throw a sports reference in there once in a while. I saw three quarters of a wild card game today. So I'm feeling very masculine. Did you watch that game last night by chance? I did not. I was in New York. Oh, nice. What were you doing in New York? Uh, it was uh, Kevin's birthday. Oh, fun. And, I, and you know, I'm the responsible guy. I left the party at 1030 when everyone was actually arriving, and I still got home at around 2. There's oh no way to, like, do that right. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, um, Well, that game um, last night, it was the Chargers were winning 27 to nothing going uh, – well, no, 27-7 going into the half, and then ended up losing. It was wild. <laughs> I, I, I did hear about that, and that just does, like, you know, put a game – because, you know, you got to root for the Jaguars. They're such a goofy little team. They are. That's a really good way to put it. Um, all right, last trailer is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Funny part about the release of this trailer was it happened during a college football game last week uh, that was horrendous, uh, and it was supposed to drop at halftime, but I swear, like, someone at ESPN was like, yo, if we drop this at halftime, we're losing half of our audience. <laughs> like, this has to, like, push it back to 1045 or something. <laughs> I truly don't understand this whole dropping trailers in like during games now that made sense in the 90s when the internet didn't exist but, like <laughs> you're, we're just gonna see it on youtube also so there's no big draw it was a draw then because it was like oh no one's gonna see this uh ocean's 11 clip so i have to watch this entire episode ocean's of fucking 11. felicity and like, so <laughs> that did happen <laughs> so, because there was no internet so there was no like you know release of that but now it's like you know i'm gonna like probably not you know the mandalorian trailer is coming out tonight 
I probably won't watch that game. And like, I'll just like, on it, like, you know, my eight YouTube notifications will all be like Mandalorian trailer, Mandalorian trailer, yeah. Mandalorian trailer. Well, I think that's like a lot of content creators sit, we're sitting there waiting for it so they could do a reaction to it right away, and myself included. <laughs> um, and it kept getting pushed back. I was like, I just want to go to bed, which is, it seems to be a theme with me. I'm like, I just always want to go to bed, guys. Just yeah. let me go to bed. Uh, but anyway, the trailer itself. Um, I actually really like this trailer. It ratcheted up the, the stakes a little bit more. You kind of get a better idea of where the story is going. And uh, it looks like Kang's going to pull the old switcheroo where it's like, help me and I won't hurt you or hurt your people you love. But JK, I'm going to hurt you. Um, he, uh, Ant-Man could be in some real peril here. And I, which I kind of like that they're raising the stakes like that. They're really making it um, a very intense moment for him. Uh, I I mean, this trailer, to, for me to be like start to, at, at this point now, be like, uh, be tentative about the insane amounts of CGI in movies, especially <laughs> Marvel movies, would probably be pretty stupid of me. That being said... Wow, this thing is like just CGI is, overload. It is green screen CGI overload. Could be fine. I'm not gonna be with someone that like you know like stands against that entirely. But I, it, it was a lot for me. All right, Martin Scorsese. Exactly. I just think about Martin Scorsese saying like the clouds part and Tar appeared, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, Hollywood's definitely in touch. Um, but this does seem like a lot. I just imagine like you know like let screen legends. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas just surfing on green screens and they're just like, <laughs> why am I here? I'm in. I mean, I'm like, it's a Marvel movie, so I'm of course in. I really am rooting for this one to do well. Yeah, I am too. It's weird having like the a large amount of this uh, whole like Marvel future rest on Ant-Man, which has who he's basically always been a side guy until, you know, I don't know, maybe he solved the entire, you know, the blip uh, undoing. So I guess, you know, you got to give him credit there. But, you know, it seems like this is a darker movie for him. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what this does. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more and more excited every time I see a trailer. And yeah. uh, they, do, they do look fun. Um, but, uh, man, oh, man, it's a lot of CGI. <laughs> like, that's we said that from issue. the beginning with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the other trailer was just like that as well. So it's, not, it's, it's no breaking news here. But uh, <laughs> they couldn't have gone to the quantum realm. Chloe Zhao would have gone to the quantum Dude, realm. <laughs> Chloe Zhao would have like, yeah, made an entire um, like would have hired Henry Selleck to make an entire stop motion animated quantum realm. <laughs> Which now that I think about it, that sounds just great. Have you heard the major theory about this movie? I've heard a few. Um, one of them is like Ant Man dies, of course, but that's like you know the trailer's telegraphing that too much, so that most likely that's not going to happen now, uh -huh. but. The big theory, uh, so I interviewed uh, Cam from Cam's Travels last week. Um, he does a lot of Disney stuff and is a big Marvel fan. And we were talking about these theories and he kind of uh, turned me on to this theory. And I did some, I saw a lot of videos after that. I guess like <laughs> my phone heard me. Um, basically, the theory is that everything that happens in Ant-Man and the Wasp because of the time difference in, quant in the quantum realm versus outside the real world leads up to the Kang dynasties, Avengers, the Kang dynasties. Oh. And, and when at the end of the movie, if Kang escapes the quantum realm, that's the start of the Kang dynasty movie. I can see that. I can see that. It's kind of cool. Yeah. That'll be interesting. I like that. Yeah. There's also a lot of reference to one of the images that's in there where it looks like it's like the, you know, the beacon uh, at the end uh, in the post-credit scene of Shang-Chi where they're uh, like yes. looking at it and the be that the beacon came from the quantum realm. There's a, a, a visual that looks just like it. 
I, I just wanted, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall of a uh, Corey Stoll meeting with his agent and uh, saying like, Hey, we're going to bring it back into Ant-Man. It's like, Oh, cool. Am I wearing that cool wasp suit? It's like, Nope. No, just no. a head. <laughs> You're just going to be a head in, like, on a throne. <laughs> I'm excited. They did that though, because that was a rumor for a while. And I was like, Oh, that would be a really cool way to introduce this crazy ass character. And I have no idea how this character is going to translate into an actual film. I should have never watched that series because now it's like, there's no way I can, like even like <laughs> fathom this character being in like a movie at all especially even one as ridiculous as this one one of the other prevailing theories is that he's really pulling the strings behind uh everything um i don't know <laughs> but, uh, that's <laughs> yeah, the, the real big bad is modok that's that's right up there with the uh, jar jar binks is a <laughs> theory <laughs> so. maybe jar jar binks is in this movie um all right Let's Definitely. let's move on to what we've been watching. We both saw a man called Otto. Um, I uh, this movie was weird for me, yeah, because I I think it packs a really great emotional impact um, or punch, I should say. And I love um, I love Tom Hanks in it. I thought Tom Hanks was really good, and I'm gonna forget her name, um, but oh, the look it up. the co star I thought she was really delightful too, Marisol, yeah, Mar- as Marisol. Um, but the more, so like when I left the movie, I was like, oh my God, I like, what a great experience. Like I was touched and all that. The more I thought about it, the more I hated some of the subplots and stuff mm-hmm. that were going on. And that really distracted, distracts now from my enjoyment of the movie. Um, I, I still think it's good. It's got a good message and all that, but it, where it could have been like a knockout of the, they could have knocked it out of the park. I think it's just perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. This is a movie that I'm recommending to a lot of friends and family <laughs> that aren't really big, like, film cinephile people because, like, this is a movie where you will leave walking on air. Like, emotionally, it's a very satisfying movie. <laughs> From a technical standpoint, this movie is a little bit rough. Um, between Mark Forrester kind of, like, doing this, like, weird imagery directing, which is just always what he kind of does. Um, and uh, I thought Hanks and also... Um, uh, of course, I'm pausing again just because I want to really get that name. Um, oh, my goodness. Oh, they did a cast in order of appearance. What a bunch of jerks. <laughs> I am just pausing because I need to get this. Otherwise, I'll never sleep. How did you not get this yet? I I don't know. I'm having trouble with IMDb right Mariana now. Trevino. There it is. Mariana <laughs> Trevino. Well, why are they doing it in order of appearance on IMDb? That's just silly. <laughs> Back to Parker your point, Sean. Back to your point. number two. Yes, Sorry. <laughs> Um, the performances were exceptional. Um, she stole the show. Um, Hanks was really good. This was advertised really poorly. Like that trailer was like god awful. I really thought that this would also be god awful. But so I guess my main issue with a man called Otto was that I um, it, it was a remake of a foreign film, and you felt that the the translation was lost a little bit. I think like in a foreign film, there, for some reason, you just get away with dark comedy a little bit easier. And in this, not that they were trying to push a comedic tone to things that are really difficult to push a comedic tone on, uh, especially suicide. Um, not that they did push that comedic tone, but it was a little bit like it bordered on insensitive. I'm not calling it insensitive. I'm not calling it problematic at all. But it definitely bordered on that a little bit where I just thought to myself, like, they're trying to both be genuine and also, like, you know, have all of these, like, silly little attempts throughout. And I, I don't know. The tone was very, very tricky. And just di- I didn't feel it right the whole way through. That's interesting. I didn't take 
that from it at all. Um, I just, I I think that there probably were some changes that could have been made to the script, script Mm -hmm. to update it a little bit. Um, And, you know, like the whole housing division thing and all that jazz, (laughs) like it was just very, like the one, the guy that would walk Jimmy walking up and down the street with his you know hands and stuff going crazy and eccentric i was like are we just this is normal like <laughs> yeah oh, social media journalists first of all no one would call themselves a social media journalist they would just call themselves a journalist even if they are just on social media like they would just presume themselves at that like higher of hierarchies uh, so like th- this was like kind of one of the things we talked about uh like maybe uh, a week ago or two weeks ago where this now felt like something that was written by you know pardon the expression but written by a boomer it was just like, oh, everybody took out their phones when the old man like fell in the chest, which, you know what, might have happened a little bit, but they were really telegraphing it hard. And so like they knew that they were going for an audience that would be upset about that. But I'll tell you, my boomer parents ate that shit up. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> like, um, but, I, you know, I mean, like, you know, Sam saw it the other day um, and she like texted me when she got out. And she's like, wow, what a tearjerker. And I'm like, yeah, it did its job. It really does do its job. It definitely makes you cry. It's a great human interest piece. So there's a lot of good to it. It was just a lot of the technical stuff yeah. that just bugged me. So I, def- I, I recommend it. It's, it's the first C that I probably given where I'm like, no, definitely see it still. It's a, it's a good time. I gave it a three out of five as well. So we are right nice. there. All right, Sean, we have to get into the Golden Globes. You were we... very hyped on the about these last Tuesday <laughs> when you were doing your live. So just give us the rundown here. So I will say I was very hyped at, uh, you know, eight when they started. Um, <laughs> I stopped doing the lives and fell asleep on my couch during several of the speeches uh, towards the end of the night. So I got, I got to get into good Oscar shape because I can't do that at the Oscars. <laughs> I can do that during the Globes. I'm okay with it. But uh, Oscars are a whole other beast. Um, so for the most part, I would say no real surprises for the wins. Most, most uh, awards were ex- um, expected. Um, I'll get into a couple of surprises in the lower awards. Um, Fableman's and Banshee's winning are, first of all, good picks, good picks. I'm okay with them, but they are the safe picks. And that's kind of something the Globes will often do. Well, they'll pick something that like could be popular with the majority of the audiences. That's why it makes sense now in hindsight that everything ever wall once didn't win that. Now they won a lot of acting awards, uh, Kiyu Kwan, um, and, uh, Michelle Yeoh, uh, both won. Um, Michelle Yeoh, it's interesting because she sort of like, as a lot of people are saying this, uh, she, she went up there and she gave a speech, like this was going to be the last speech she's going to give because mm-hmm. Blanchett's going to sweep the rest. And unfortunately, not unfortunately, because Blanchett did earn that award, but, um, it, it will, you know, I, I would like it to be pretty close and who knows it could like, she is definitely now moved up to that, uh, good old fashioned second place. Remember um, what happened with Anthony Hopkins? Exactly. Yes. This could definitely change it up. Um, I, uh, what else did I want to say about this? Um, yeah, Kihu Kwan's going to win best, uh, you know, supporting actor. There's just, there's kind of no doubting it now. I mean, you know, once again, Hey, everything could be a surprise, but this one is like really locked up. He is so genuine. Um, like this is when I was the most hyped at the award show. Cause those two like did their, both of their speeches. And I was just like emotionally touched. <laughs> Best Supporting Actress, Angela Bassett, which now has kind of solidified her as a solid frontrunner. Although, and I'm just, I think I'm going to stop going on the site now. Gold Derby has her at five, which I mean, maybe they didn't update since the Globes yet. I don't know what's going on there. Um, they have Carrie Condon in the lead, which 
awesome, but I just don't, <laughs> I also don't think there's any waves being made about her. Um, I think uh, Angela Bassett kind of has it sewn up, which is very surprising. I remember we were, you know, I just moved into the new house and like it was around June when that trailer came out. And I said, uh, I said to you, I was like, might be kind of crazy, but I think she might get a nomination. And now it's like, oh no, that actually might happen. Um, <laughs> trying to think of any other stuff. Uh, I, well, before I think of other stuff, the um, Martin McDonough's probably going to get screenplay now. That's a bit, that's going to be a big one for him. Um, I still think everything, everywhere, all at once could pull best picture. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I just think like that one just has the most universal appeal. Um, Banshees has it too, though, so I really don't know. And I think Fableman's it's going to director, and I think maybe picture, but I, these don't feel like frontrunners to me. These are the three that are frontrunners, though. Fableman's, um, uh, everything, and Banshees are the three frontrunners right now. That you know, I think one of those is coming home with the top prize. So that's pretty much solidified at this point. Um, I'm trying to think of any other little things, but I will say this: really liked the show. Um, it just felt like a regular award show. Like they didn't do stupid crap and Gerard Carmichael. Um, great. Uh, like great host. I know people are sort of split on it. He is tough in the room. And the, the really hard part was that, you know, people wouldn't shut up because it's the globes. They're at tables and they're really drunk. And so every, every single time, some people make jokes about it. Like, Oh guys, come on, quiet down, stuff like that. But he's a stand up comedian. And like, he's like a capital S stand up comedian where when people talk during a set, you scream at them <laughs> and you, you want to throw them out. And so there was like a tough energy there when he was like doing that where it's like, no, you can't do that there, man. It doesn't look good. But I mean, other than that, I really liked, you know, his monologue. It was very like thought provoking. It wasn't the typical like schmoozing, but then he did also know how to like kind of balance a good schmooze once in a while where he kind of like would fawn over a celebrity that he loved when they came out. So I kind of loved that he, you know, he's, He's a little bit of a smart aleck, but it was it it still went very well. I you know he was very real at the same time, so he wasn't just Gervais, a complete asshole, or any other host that like ass kisses everyone. He kind of like he really hit a good middle in there. So is Jennifer uh, Coolidge just screwing with us now? It, uh, yeah, at this point, I I don't know. It's like we just haven't given her a mic for this long um, ever. And so that's the most interesting part is that we truly like, you know, because before her speech, she had another monologue that just didn't mean anything. And it was still amazing to just watch her go and everyone kind of loved it. Um, so either she's screwing with this or like they're just like, oh, no, put a camera under her. She is just like absolutely everyone's loving it. Like this absolute zany craziness that we have. I forget who was uh, who they zoomed in on or who they showed. It was um, someone like when she was rambling and the person was like and then realized the camera was on them and just quickly changed to like yeah <laughs> you know like, like they were so confused like i think a lot of people were and then boom yeah it's just yeah at that point like it, it was one of those it was like the almost like the norm mcdonald when uh, he did the roast of bob saget and just did right. like genuinely bad jokes people at first were like what are we doing is this legit and then all oh of a sudden gosh. they realized oh this whole thing is a joke Let's just laugh. And that's, I think, what comes in. Is she in on it? I genuinely don't know. I mean, if she is, then she's brilliant because she, she's getting a lot of good notoriety from this. She's always wanted to play a dolphin. <laughs> CGI animated? No. That's where she's screwing. Yeah, it's like, well, how does <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, it could be like that movie. What was that? Tusk. <laughs> Tusk, yeah. Train to you to golf. They, hey, uh, Kevin Smith looking at a sequel for it. Yeah, it's God true. Help us all. <laughs> Dolphin starring Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Yes. Oh, my God. Get the spec scripts ready. All right, Sean, hit us with the SAG nominations reaction. Anything major there? 
Well, a lot of huge things. There were a lot of people that needed to get nominated if they were even going to be considered for Oscars. Now, that's not a, like an actual rule, but just for momentum's sake. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is, uh, was kind of like looking at a, a nomination with getting both of these, uh, the Globes and the SAG um, nominations. And uh, Stephanie Hsu getting in for um, uh, supporting actress as well in Everything Everywhere All at Once is a pretty big deal that I think she was already going to make it anyway, but getting that SAG nomination really did help solidify her in there. Angela Bass is going to be there. Like now it's just, you know, they're going to vote for her now. Like they, they want to get, they want her to get on there in speech. Like, you know, cause um, between Kihu Kwan and Angela Bassett's speeches that were so amazing. Like you now know that you are doing tryouts for speeches. Now it should the award go to the best performance of it. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It should. But like, we're talking about realistics here where when, when you give a great speech, people are like, I want to see him up there again give it another one. And so people will vote that way. Um, I, um, yeah, so that's like supporting actress, the women talking ladies. I, I don't know what the hell, cause that's still like getting a prospect for best picture, which it's like, man, it's really not getting much anywhere else. It's and not getting uh, much love elsewhere. And it's like, I think, I still think, I think right now, and I have my Oscar nominations set and I'm still t- tinkering with them. Um, I think Jesse Buckley, if anybody, will get in there just because she's already, you know, already has a nomination. So she's already like, you know, familiar to that area. Um, and I think maybe I think they got to give it to one of them somehow. Now, it, it, it doesn't look right for this because they're still not getting nominations. But man, oh, man, um, I will. I just want to applaud uh, the SAG Awards because there are four locks for uh, best actor right now. Um, it's, uh, you know, we got. um Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, Brendan Fraser, Bill Nye, um, Austin Butler, and Colin, um, and Colin Farrell. They're locks for nominations. The SAGs was going to help us clear, clear that up of what the fifth person was going to be. We're like, okay, whoever's going to be like the fifth one there will most likely be. And then they give it to Adam Sandler for Hustle. <laughs> yeah. What a fucking move, man. I loved that move. But now it's like, oh, cool. Because now we actually have no idea who's going to get nominated for that fifth slot. Everybody is saying Paul Mescal. I'm inclined to believe it. I think that, you know, he's he's got enough notoriety going on. He's got enough fame going on. Um, like the performance is a lot of goodwill there. And there's always one like kind of indie surprise. Yeah. And I think this is what this one will be this year. And after um, sun. Yeah, like after yeah, Paul Mescal for After Sun. Um, and just like not that these things are connected, but the fact that he just got two gigantic casting between Merrily We Go Along and Gladiator 2, like those, those those things don't really relate, but like his name is now being said a lot. So when Oscar voters are voting, they'll hear the name and we'll probably put it down. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, so I think I think that's going to be uh, one that uh, works. Um, what are we talking about with Best Actress? Oh, Michelle Williams. It would be pretty damn poetic if Michelle Williams, who um, like was going to win Best Supporting Actress, like before anyone even saw the movie, it's like she's going to win Best Supporting Actress. Doesn't even get in for Best Actress. Um, because I don't know, she wanted to be considered best actress, which it's on a line. It's on a line. I, I wouldn't consider it full blown category fraud. Um, I consider, you know, she's kind of a lead actress, but like they could, they could have definitely put her in either category. And it was weird. They just didn't like, you know, when it was her request, and it's like, okay, so uh, now, um, you know, she's not in there right now. And what's really weird is the other five make a strong case. Anna Diarmas. I mean, the movie sucked, but like people are kind of praising her for trying to get through such an god-awful experience of a movie and you know she does look and sound exactly like marilyn monroe so th- there's something there with the oscar they're like they look the same and so you, boom you get in there um not a great way of doing it um viola davis is one that i i still to this day i'm like 
how is she going to get nominated? But she's going to probably now. And I, but it just kind of blows my mind that that like that performance is getting in there. Not that it's a bad performance at all. It's just such a very unsuspecting one. Um, and then, you know, you got Blanchett and Yo, which who are just like right at this point battling for that top spot. And then who was the other one that got in there that probably should? Um, I did Diarmas for I best did supporting? Uh, this is best uh, leading. Oh, um, Diarmas, the top two, Blanchett and Yo. Um, you can look at the thing. But you'll get it before me. I know it. <laughs> um, we have a lot of downtime on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm giving a lot you of more Googling work. we have going on here. I'm giving you so much more work to do later. Um, um, it's Anna de Armist. Oh, Danielle Debweiler. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what I wanted to definitely talk about. Because Daniel Debweiler was like very close to just not even like getting into that Oscar nom. The, the Golden Globe snub was a huge deal. But... Once again, this was someone who's like, they said, like, who cares? She'll get into the nominations. But now it's kind of set that she will. It'll be a tough look if they don't give it, not just due to any sort of race politics stuff, but just that good of a performance doesn't get in there. Um, a great performance. So now at this point, there's six that could like, you know, that like you could argue could get in there, which blew my mind because I never thought in a million years we'd be talking about Andy Armas at this point. Never. And that could still get in there. I can't imagine Williams getting booted out. But then it's like, who's she take over for? Davis? Because, like, I think she's been getting just as much uh, credit, as much of the credit also. So you can't really take Davis out either. So this is going to be a tough one for me. I'll put all six and just, like, call it a mistake. <laughs> that's probably the one that I was um, – that I would expect. That if Davis doesn't get it, then that's probably where Williams sneaks in. Yeah. That that might be the <sighs> most – that's so weird, though. Oh, man, weird. I – all right. Well, I think I talked about everything. Um, I love that Hong Chow was there and Best Supporting Actress. Um, and also the big thing there is the five ensemble nominees um, are all most likely going to be um, best, uh, best Picture nominees, all of them. Even Women Talking, which at this point, Women Talking is kind of a little bit way out there. But, um, you know, I... I don't know. I, you know, women talking is the one where like, if it doesn't get nominated, I won't be surprised, but I think it's still going to based on a lot of the hoopla around it. And I think when you have those ensembles, that's what works the best. Yeah. So I am frozen. Are you frozen? I can hear you. Okay. If you can hear me, I'm going to keep going. Cause yep. uh, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll just chalk it up to me being frozen and I just won't see your beautiful reactions. Um, you, you can't see me moving at all. No, no, unfortunately. Okay. I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh, we just caught up with everything. Man, StreamYard's <laughs> having a night tonight. This is great, man. I'm just loving StreamYard. Let's buy some stock in it. Let's buy some stock. Um, <clears throat> All right. <laughs> oh, God. God. <laughs> Best episode ever, really. Just, <laughs> we're falling apart. StreamYard's falling apart. Just, like, absolutely great stuff. I'm we should frozen again! <laughs> we should mention that the SAG Awards are going to be uh, streamed on Netflix's YouTube channel and then will be on Netflix streaming next year. This is a tremendously huge situation. Like, I I never thought this day would come where an award show is going to be getting this. Um, and now I'm, I'm truly blown away. Like, yeah. I, I can't believe this actually is happening. And, you know, Netflix is doing the live Chris Rock special. So that's going to be their first live test. That's going to mm -hmm. be uh, sometime in March. Um, and then this will be their next live special, but I'm glad that like, it's going to be on YouTube here where it's like the Netflix YouTube page. So, you know, they'll, they'll do some trials and work out some stuff, work out some kinks there. Um, but this could mean a lot because, you know, ABC and the Oscars, their contract ends in a hundred, well, 
uh, at 100 years. So, you know, in a few years, they may not want to do this thing if it keeps on getting low ratings. But I don't know if it's that big of an undertaking for for a Netflix or for a so. I mean, at this point, like I could see a lot of these ending up on stream. I mean, I will say right now, like I think Gold Globes next year because NBC doesn't really want to do it, especially after those shit ratings. Like they may put that on streaming as well. Yeah, and then it will be interesting just to see because um, you know people that don't have streamers also probably are the same people that maybe possibly don't give a shit about um, like the movies or those award shows anyway. So it'll be interesting to see if those hit a lot of popularity in the streamers. The the, the gigantic problem, of course, is like Netflix could say. Oh, uh, we had uh, two billion viewers at the uh, SAG Awards, so it's you know there's absolutely nothing to see here. Enjoy yourselves. They can't be as tra- like they don't have to be as transparent, which is still this bonkers thing to me. And so they will just say it's a successful event. So I like that. Good award shows are back. Two billion viewers. <laughs> exactly. Two billion viewers. It was number one over Emily in Paris or something. Oh my God. Um, is lava. You know what has had 2 billion viewers is Megan. Uh, people are very big on this movie. It has been doing rather well, and it just notched uh, second place again um, to Avatar, of course. Uh, and Megan, let's see, opening weekend performance of 30.43, and it looks like it made 17 and a half. That's pretty solid. I'm in awe of this movie, and it's very <laughs> wholesome like reaction i that's the one thing i really like about this is just like people just are rooting for a movie to do well in theaters and it's a silly dumb movie and i'm just so happy that all of this is working out for us and i am titanium i just think like it's like people just loosened up like tight asses like me that are just always just like you know well technically the cinematography of that fourth scene was not yeah. enough feet on the just and come instead back I was just to like man called was... auto discussion <laughs> yeah exactly just go right back to that. I don't care if it made me cry the characters would fully realize but in this it's just like no I had a lot of fun I walked out of there having a lot of fun so I'm okay with this completely and then you know I want there to be like like we were talking about it off mic where we. <sighs> We're at the birth of like a fran- a horror franchise that's probably going to work extremely well and then have a bunch of sequels that kind of suck. And then in the f- fourth or fifth movie will be like a great, like amazing reboot kind of deal. And I- I'm just so excited for that craziness to happen. So we should mention that Megan has been greenlit for a sequel. Uh, so we are definitely getting another Megan, which I think everyone could have predicted. Yeah. Uh, they do. Uh, there's some interesting, I think, ways that they could continue this on, just given how the movie ended. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. At this point, yeah. The you know, <laughs> I guess I can't spoil the end, but you know, the the lovely mind of the you know, I won't say much. I can't say it. <laughs> um, one movie I'm not really looking forward to is uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Megalopolis. Um, which is really the name of it. And it's a sci-fi film and it has about 70,000 people uh, starring in it, which is crazy. But there's a lot of, uh, there's reporting from the Hollywood reporter that the movie, which is halfway through shooting in Atlanta, lost a bunch of its um, staff, uh, the supervising art director, the production designer, and a few others. Oh, the entire visual effects team um, left in December. The movie apparently is now way over budget. They were originally filming it in the same type of I forget what they call it, but where the Mandalorian films like that. Oh, the um. Oh no, what's that called? Oh, I'm just not remembering anything today. I want to say lobby. It's not lobby. <laughs> Mandalorian was filmed in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, that tech, and apparently they just shifted and are not using that and are using traditional green screens now. Because Francis Ford Coppola probably had no idea what was going on. Um, so this just all seems like it's a mess. Uh, and then Francis Ford Coppola came out and said, not true. <laughs> That's pretty much where we're at. <laughs> That's, uh, he's, he's like one step away from fake news. The old guy that has vineyards is just, you know, he's like, he's right now like putting his vineyards up there. I, <laughs> old man shouts at moon. Exactly. I will say like this, um, this gave me, I don't, I don't, I don't get a lot of joy from like a, a movie studio not doing well or anything like that, especially, you know, Francis Ford Coppola is an amazing director. He's like the king of the seventies. So excited to see um, where this is going. But I just, I, I just started laughing because it's like kind of, of course, like why would anyone give this guy the keys to a movie studio after Apocalypse Now, which turned out to be an exceptional movie, but was psychotically messed up the entire time. He would like, he, like Scooter would be barking in the background. <laughs> he would be, um, he want like you know Kobe beef every day. The shoot I think was three hundred and fifty days long. Like there was just mess after mess after mess, and it's just like, oh yeah, no, this is like I, the way I like enjoyed this is we have this old style of director that's coming in, and you know these old directors when like Ridley Scott's asked like you know like who's your favorite superhero, and he's like fuck off. <laughs> like I love there, there we're still we're still getting these like you know just like old directors set in their ways and like what do you mean i can't actually release a bomb into an actor's face i used to do that and it's like i i think like that's like you know, like this is the same thing this is a lot more serious but with joss whedon who would like abuse people into a good performance like you know hitchcock did that kubrick did that and it's like those are the old school directing and i'm not saying for copeland any of that but he is someone who's just like you know i want everything to be perfect here and now things are just completely falling apart because he, his demands are just far too unrealistic for a modern, like a modern crew and a modern cast. Um, now you've heard like where like Hollywood Reporter is getting all their stuff, right? I don't, I don't know if this is correct. I gotta look this up. But Adam Driver keeps on just straight up calling them really? after after shooting. <laughs> He's just like, I've been on some bad sets before, and I get I'm hoping that's a nod at uh, Rise of Skywalker. But he's like, but this one is this one has been rough. <laughs> Adam Driver's doing it, really? I I I remember I, I heard that on a podcast, so I don't have oh. official sources yet. But you know, it's a pretty decent podcast. But they could have just been talking. But at this point, it is just like I I there, there's the revelry of the the day has come for the old director, where you know nowadays you have to be a good person and run a set instead of being impossible to work with. You just you're just not going to be able to do that anymore. He has now. Um... Adam Driver has come out and said that these rumors aren't true. Okay, okay. So I'll I'll, I'll put his word for it. But I'd I like do, to briefly I'd like to briefly respond to the Hollywood Reporter article published. Blah, 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 blah. All good here. Not sure what set you're talking about. I don't recognize that one. I've been on sets that were chaotic, and this one is far from it. As oh. one of the best shooting experience I've ever had. Okay, I, I, this I is how could, fake news starts. I this is how rumors start. I said I made sure to say that I didn't know what I was talking about before <laughs> I started saying it. That's the most important thing. I this never is actually why, know what I'm saying right. This is why people tune into this podcast because we are 100% accurate, I, uh, I, factual. I, we I never fully, get anything wrong. <laughs> I fully subside to the fact that I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> at any time, and I can undo it the next podcast. That's how I. That's how I run my classes as well. Oh, great! <laughs> I might fuck everything up today, but I'll I'll, I'll hit you back. We're, we're it'll be all good. We'll circle back. We'll circle yeah, back. Yeah, we'll circle back. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, that should be very interesting. That movie just seems like it's an absolute mess um, in terms of just like the the fact that it's a sci-fi film from him 
yeah. um, and it has a wild cast. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this, but oh, we'll I'm see. Not, I mean, first of all, like he, like, it's not like Francis Ford Coppola hasn't made movies since the seventies. He's made movies. They've all been really bad. Really? Really bad. Like, like Tetro, I think was the, his most recent one, which is like in 2005 and like seen by three people. And they all said, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, so it's just so weird that someone who like just makes like some like, the Godfathers, <laughs> the Godfathers, and Apocalypse Now, and then just like can't get something done now because like I, the, the story blew my mind, but also didn't even come close to surprising me. Well, the good news is for every shit movie uh, piece of movie news, I should say uh, that is out there, we have really great news such as this: Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, <laughs> the uh, much anticipated horror movie that will be in theaters from fathom events is now not going to be a one night only thing but it will play a theatrical run from february 15th to february 23rd so a full week i'm sorry i did not know this was i had to this was a genuine reaction on here this is brought to us by fathom events yeah I've seen well, their trailers. They're the ones that come before the trailers, where, where well, it's the rapping shepherds with during the. <laughs> I think what they're doing is picking up like any movies that have a little bit of buzz that were going straight to like mm-hmm. streaming or whatever. They're like, oh, we'll give it a little release. Like they did that. this with um, Jeepers Creepers Reborn, which was a horrible <laughs> movie apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, this should be interesting. People are excited for this movie. I'm still just not buying this one because you know the, I, I'm worried that like the 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 bit is only going to be Winnie the Pooh p- characters in a horror, and instead they're not really going to put anything like else into it. It reminded me of like when they did like that movie Happy Time Murders, where they're just oh, like, yeah. "We're going to have Muppets curse," and it's like, "But is there going to be jokes?" Like, no, but like the Muppets are cursing. How about that? <laughs> like, and that's the kind of deal I don't want with this. It's like I. I'm, I'm interested, but I, I'm worried that it's just going to be that where it's like, oh, if we just have Winnie the Pooh stab someone, people will think it's funny. It'll never be a Willy's Wonderland. It'll, oh, God, no. Oh, <laughs> never. I might watch that tonight. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, that's all the news that we have for this week uh, at a, a ripe 50-minute podcast or 45-minute podcast. Uh, but I, what? I just I'm just so impressed because I saw our outline and I thought we were going to go for a while, so I'm I'm very happy with ourselves for being so uh, efficient. Um, yeah, it's efficient. So now what I'll do is I'll talk 20 more minutes about us being efficient instead of moving on to the next thing. So yeah, <laughs> the next thing it. is usually rants and raves. I actually don't have any rant or rave this week. Yeah, I couldn't think of one. I think I have a little tiny rant, and it's um, in trailers when they say visionary director <laughs> that that infuriates me because not only are they it's like. One part of it is, oh, yeah, they're going for this pretentious angle. But the other part that bothers me about it is all directors are visionary. Right. Like, you, the, to hope. be a director, you have to have a vision for your movie. So when they say visionary director, like, starring, acting, Johnny Depp. Starring, acting, Adam Driver. Like, you don't, like, so the visionary director thing is, like, first of all, it's always used for ones that don't have a great vision. So, <laughs> They have to like really emphasize. No, 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 no. He's visionary. He's visionary. Please, but um, yeah. So, um, my rant is that I lost my colander, and I don't know how I lost a colander in a one-bedroom apartment. And and a colander is pretty much only in one spot, or yep. no, excuse me, is only used for one Correct. thing. Therefore, should only be in one spot. It's gone. I have no idea where it is. Did you like you know loan it to a prospector? <laughs> That's who's heading to the gold rush. <laughs> 
I do not. I do not know any prospectors. Um, <laughs> my God. Um, I did have something else I wanted to bring up there, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, the thing that pisses me off about the trailers is when we get the teaser for the trailer, like two seconds before, it shows a yeah. couple quick scenes, and they're like, starts now. I know. That's why I clicked the YouTube video. <laughs> well, they used to do. I remember when like trailers became like big on YouTube, uh, like you know, like ten year, ten, fifteen years ago. Um, they what they would do is they would have the day before the trailer would come out on YouTube, they would have that two second thing. Yeah, and that's all they would show. And some now, studios still do that. But that even bothers me too because it's like you're still doing a teaser for a teaser. It's just odd. Like, I, I like the I, I like the how like online some of them some studios will release the poster for the movie. And then say like trailer tomorrow or something. Yeah. I'm into that. Go for like at this point, I know that I know that's usually the pattern. Like when I see a poster for a movie, I'm like, oh, we're getting a trailer like yeah, either ready. today or the tomorrow. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Well, speaking of tomorrow, that's not a good transition. Speaking yeah, of movies, movies coming this week. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of tomorrow, in five days after tomorrow, <laughs> we'll be seeing um, these movies. Alice Darling, starring Anna Kendrick, uh, which I missed at the Philly Film Festival, oh, is hitting theaters. One. Missing the follow-up to Searching is miss is is missing. It's hitting theaters. <laughs> um, I loved this movie. I and we'll talk about it next week. But I oh, I loved this movie. Um, I'm, and, I'm I am thrilled because as I've said in the past on this one, I was worried about missing. I. Like, but I, I'm now. Your reaction has helped me realize that I don't. Th I think the concerns I have are not there, so I'm ready. It's and everyone I'm talking. Well, most people I'm talking to really loved it. Yeah. Um. But again, like, and we'll talk about this. But it's just the meticulous plotting of these movies that oh, is yeah. just marvelous. I'm glad they still kept that going because I remember like searching was so good with that. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad it's still happening with this one. Oh yeah. Speaking of searching. We are giving away a copy of the Searching uh, searching Blu-ray uh, to the first individual that does the following. Well, at least to be entered into uh, what? The first person that can find my daughter gets a... <laughs> <laughs> um, the Oh my God, I was just going to go on a whole other thing. So in order to uh, be eligible for the Searching Blu-ray... Uh, may or leave a comment uh, under the this podcast episode on whatever platform you listen to your podcast, and take a screenshot of said review or comment, uh, and mm. send it into guy at the movies one at gmail.com. We will randomly select from all of the ones that we receive. So again, comment or review the podcast on your favorite podcast platform wherever you listen. Screenshot it and send that into guy at the movies one at gmail.com. The deadline for doing so is friday at 12 p.m eastern uh that is friday the 20th the day that missing comes out hmm. uh, fitting so, fitting so <laughs> why did you say it like that <laughs> i don't know i don't I'm, I'm holding in a fart i like i i'm all over the place man i was in new york until 2 a.m last night i'm just like i'm i'm cooking i'm cooking oh my dude. god <laughs> Um, Women talking also hits theaters. I think mm -hmm. it expands. Um, the sun hits limited theaters again. It was in for like a week, and um, and then when you finish saving the world hits theaters. This is one I saw this at Sundance, I believe, um, and it was uh, oh my gosh, who's in it? Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, no, I never see it. Jesse Eisenberg's movie, I think. Oh yeah, I remember. Like yeah, Eisenberg was involved. Um... I thought he was in it as well. I don't. I can't remember. Finn, Finn Wolfhard, uh, Julianne okay. Moore, Alicia Bow. Um, yeah, Alicia oh, Bow wow. is from uh, 
uh, 13 Reasons Why. Oh, yes. Um, by the way, with missing Storm Reed, what a fucking powerhouse. Let's start giving the attention Storm Reed. She's been in so much. Yeah. And, you know, like, just I, I, I'm so happy she's getting her own film in this. And I hope it does catapult her into another stratosphere because she's deserved that for way too long. And hopefully she's, she's getting there. She's really good in this. Oh, um, really, really good. Um, other than that, after this episode, since we have a short episode, if you stick around uh, you, after the outgoing comments, uh, out, outgoing comments, outgoing uh, outro, <laughs> after the outro, uh, you will uh, hear about a 20-minute interview, 25-minute interview I did with Cam of Cam's Travels. You can find him on YouTube. We talk everything. Uh, Disney Parks. Uh, he explains how he visited six Disney parks in the U.S. within 24 hours, uh, which was wild to me. Uh, we talked favorite Disney animated, Disney and Pixar animated movies, as well as uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. We get into that a lot. So check that out. That's coming up right after the outro, which we'll be playing now. Bye. See you. The Guy at the Movies podcast is a joint venture between Math Teacher Movies and Guy at the Movies. You can catch new episodes weekly right here, wherever you're listening to this one. Subscribe so you never miss a beat. Thanks for joining us. How's it going? I, it's going well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Excited to chat with you. All things Disney and definitely about Cam Travels. Uh, we'll get into some movie talk and a little bit about Disney and see what you're excited for. I see you're wearing a Marvel shirt, so I probably have an inkling as to some of the Just ones that bit. you're pumped for. <laughs> um, but Cam, tell us about Cam Travels and sort of what got you started with this. So uh, Cam Travels is you know my social media page. I just love essentially all things travel and theme parks. Um, you know, growing up, my background, my dad was in the army. I traveled. I moved every two years. So I've seen, you know, I saw a bunch of different places around the world that most people probably don't see in their whole lifetime. I got to see by the time I was 17. So that love of travel and like exploring and seeing new places came from that. And then obviously growing up and going to Disney, just kind of wanted to combine the two together. Um, but essentially starting it was COVID. I mean, I know a lot of us, you know, started with, you know, hey, we're, we're at home, we're, we're bored, let's just, you know, make some funny videos and do anything and see what happens with it. And it kind of just took off out of nowhere. And I like not took off like a million followers, but like, for something I wasn't expecting. Yeah, and wouldn't have realized. So it's just one of those things It just one thing led to another. And here we are. That's awesome. I'm going to swipe my camera real quick, because it's, of course, doing the fuzzy thing here. See if we can get a little bit better focus. My lighting in this place is crazy. Ah, it'll fix itself. Um, that's awesome. So why Disney? Like, what makes you the the You're basically like my go-to Disney guy on TikTok and stuff now, and especially on YouTube. Well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that because there's a lot more people that are way bigger than me. So I appreciate that. But um, essentially, I mean, I grew up going to Disney. It was like, I mean, my family's from Florida. So like yeah. Disney's always been our home away from home, especially with me moving every two years. It was kind of our like, hey, we're going to go to Disney this summer or we're going to go to Disney in the fall. Um, and it was kind of that, you know, home, home away from home kind of thing where it was like, okay, hey, we're on vacation, we're in Disney. Um, and then my aunt worked for Disney for 40 years. So, you know, when we were younger, she would get us into the parks and, you know, she'd have all the cool Disney stuff at her house that we, you know, go and see and stuff like that. And then, 
even like I got to see Disneyland Paris before I even got to see like Disneyland. So I, I went to Disneyland Paris when I was a kid a bunch of times because we lived in Germany. So, you know, Paris is not it's just quick train ride, quick flight over there. Um, so did that probably three or four times when I was, you know, in between the age of like six and 14 because we lived there twice. Yeah. Um, so that was awesome. So, you know, seeing that like a different side of Disney when I was younger than I was expecting was really cool. And just kind of from that, it grew, but it was never anything like crazy special or anything that I was like, oh, I want to, you know, showcase my you know love for Disney and love for theme parks and travel. And like I said, until I came here and, you know, did the Disney college program and then TikTok and then realized, you know, kind of where it could take me. And it's like, oh, okay. Like this can, you know, go somewhere rather than just me going to the parks and just, you know, doing random things. Yeah. That's awesome. And we have to talk about one video in particular you did, which I've seen before, but it's just absolutely wild. The six parks in one day video. And for those that don't know, and I'm sure you can explain it a little bit better, but we're talking about the two parks that are in California with Disneyland and California Adventure and the four parks that make up Walt Disney World. Tell us about that. How did you pull that off? Um, it was a very strategic um, because now if it was in normal times, like, you know, parks back like they were in you know, 2019 where no park reservations, it's simple because, you know, you can, you know, park hop whenever you want to. You could, you know, go to Magic Kingdom at 9 a.m., ride a ride, do your things. You can be in Hollywood Studios by 10. Right. Um, so that was the most difficult thing was strategically planning out with the park reservations, park hopping rules. And all that. So essentially, I knew I had to start here because of the, the park hopping rule. So I started here at 5 p.m. I think it was. I was. I can't even remember now. So 5 p.m. here. I think I started in where did I start? Animal Kingdom. I can't remember. I started Animal Kingdom. Then I went to Hollywood Studios, Epcot, and then Magic. Ended in Magic because that was the park that was open the latest. So did four parks from five to. Oh my gosh 11 so 5 p.m to 11 p.m so i was and i had a bunch of friends come and help me like they were, were you know hey okay this is what we gotta do and i because if i was by myself i i could have done it but it's easier when you have people there going okay hey here's the wait times okay let's go on this ride rather than me trying to film on the camera look at this there's a lot of wasted time right there so very <laughs> thankful that you know friends came and, and helped me out and i had you know, friends here and then when i flew to california i had friends over there help me um but yeah so essentially i had 24 hours and I it wasn't like a hey I'm gonna do 24 hours and give a little leeway for the time change I was on a strict I told myself you're on a strict 24 hours so 5 p.m here you have to end at 2 p.m in California strict 24 hours uh, so yeah got back at 11 and you know me I was like you know what I want to have the same clothes on in every picture in every park just to kind of symbolize it so I was like you know what like I was like, I need to wash my clothes. Cause I was like, I got, I can't just like, you know, have the same clothes I had on yesterday. People were going to be like gross, whatever. So I got home at like 1130, decided to do laundry um, and make sure everything was packed. Uh, I don't think I went to bed till like one. I had to get up at like four, I think. Um, went to the airport, uh, got on the plane to, you know, LAX, really good friend of mine, Nick, picked me up at LAX, um, which was super nice, but he did not have to do that. He could have just said, hey, I'll meet you in the park. You can Uber there. Um, but no, he picked me up. Uh, we got to the park, did everything there. Um, 
Yeah, so I think I had, I slept maybe, I think, 30 minutes in the flight. I was just excited, like, to get everything done. and then just Yeah, like, for sure. The adrenaline's good. going at that point. Yeah, at that point, you're like, okay, I'm up. I'm ready to go. We got to get this done. Um, got there, did the, you know, the two parks there, and you beat it by 2 o'clock. And um, at that point, any normal person would have been like, I'm going to go to the hotel and uh, and just, you know, relax, go to sleep, maybe enjoy the pool or whatever, right? Well, I had more friends come in and they were like, hey, we're going to stay at a park close. And I'm like, screw it, whatever. I'm already here. Like I'm, I'm in Disneyland. I don't get to come that often. Like might as well just like live up to it, which benefited me a lot because I actually got into Club 33, which is really cool nice. um, over there. So like, luckily, like I had, you know, friends of a friend of a friend um, was in the parks with us and, you know, they got us in. Obviously can't give names, um, but it was it was awesome. Definitely, you know, an experience I will never forget. My body will never forget. Um, it was, yeah, it was. I think I hit the. I don't even think I made it to my. I was probably passed out as I walked into the room. I was just mentally just drained um, and everything. And I, yeah, completed everything because I had to do one ride in every park, one snack, and then one drink. Um, so yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, but it was, it was fun looking back on it. It was worth it in the moment when I finished, I was like, what the hell did I just do to myself? <laughs> and, um, it was just one of those things where my body just didn't, I think it took me like a week to recover, like full, like body. I was just, I think I did like, I tracked it from like 20, like the 24 hour window. I Would you I ever do it again? I'm going to say no, but who knows? I'll be honest. Um, if, if the park park reservations, the park hopping rules go away, I could see myself doing it again for fun. Um, but I think I would do it with like a group of people this time. Not saying that like, you know, obviously I had friends help me here and there, but like actually do it as a group. So I have like a, you know, maybe three, four people all do it together. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I, it, it took, I think I did like 30,000, maybe almost 40,000 steps. That's insane. Like, just like, cause we would like, we, you know, Hey, I'm going to go ride Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. But I want this snack. So I have to go to this side of the park. Okay. Now I want this drink. I have to go to this side of the park. Um, yeah, it was while I mean, obviously, you, you know, in the airport through security outside the airport baggage claim, all the steps, hotel, checking the hotel, running the parks, park hopping across the parks. And then obviously the time after i'm stressed um, just hearing about it <laughs> yeah now that i think about it i'm like wow like, i can't believe i did it it was it was a lot of fun don't be wrong it was cool to be like oh my god i just did this and like all my friends at disneyland were like dude you just did this in 24 hours and like it hadn't hit me like because yeah. i was so tired i was like uh cool thanks i appreciate it <laughs> like That's absolutely and then like and then i got home and i was like there's no way like there's no way <laughs> Uh, what, so I guess like with all that, my, my next question for you is, and I think I know the answer to this Disneyland or Walt Disney world, which do you prefer? So, so that's tough. It, it's really tough, but I, I honestly prefer Disneyland. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you were thinking that, but yeah, no, I, I, wasn't prefer, at all. I, I prefer Disneyland. Um, there's just, it's hard to explain um you know to people who have never been it's it's something's just different about it like obviously like you know it's walt's you know first park it's and you walk in there you just like 
you can feel the history when you walk in that park. Not saying you can't feel the history, you know, um, of Walt Disney World. Now, can, would my opinion change if I didn't live in Orlando? Maybe, because literally Disney World's 10 minutes away from me. So it's like literally in my backyard. Um, so I don't get to see Disneyland that often. So it, that could, you know, skew the scale a little bit. But they just, they do everything there better. Obviously, it's a lot smaller. Not as much to do in Disneyland. But the rides there are better. The food's better entertainment's better it's just one of those things you kind of have to go and see it for yourself and yeah. it's just i don't know there's something about it for me it just it clicks i didn't think i would ever before i went people were like oh i like disneyland better i'm like how like it can fit in the magic kingdom parking lot like how could you like it that much and then i went and i was like oh, <laughs> i get <it>. right yeah <laughs> i'm also a big marvel fan so they have avengers campus can't beat that absolutely absolutely good transition there it's talking about the movie stuff <laughs> but i i want to first ask with Walt Disney World, since you're based in Orlando and you you see all the good and the bad with the crowds that are coming down, and we were just talking offline about how busy it is right now. Out of the four parks, which do you prefer down in Orlando? As of right now, Hollywood Studios. Okay. Um, when all the construction's done and everything's back to normal, it'll okay. be Epcot. Yeah, I agree with that. There's just too much going on Epcot for me to put it number one, just all the walls. But when it, once everything's done, it's finished. I know Epcot will be will be number one again. That food and wine festival though has a special place in my heart. <laughs> See, for me, I like Festival of the Arts. I'm, okay. I'm a big Festival of the Arts guy. I just like I don't know. I like going around seeing all like you know Disney art, Star Wars art, Marvel yeah. art. Um, I got like that picture right here. That's from Festival of the Arts. Um, where'd it go? I have another picture somewhere here from Festival of the Arts. I know. I know. Come Friday when it starts, I'm gonna probably buy something else so we'll <laughs> i'll be looking for that my wallet, my wallet won't like me but right right so let's transition a little bit to movies so you are a big disney guy you of course probably grew up with the disney movies the same way that i did and a lot of others did so a couple hot button questions here in terms of disney movies in general so we'll talk disney animated what are your top disney animated like what what's the one or two or three that really stick out for you so for me um I'll go in order. I'll go and one, I'll, two, three. It, I'll include so, Pixar in that cam. Oh, okay. So hold on. I might have to. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Yeah, I don't think anything. I'm, I mean, I love Pixar. Like, if I don't pick any Pixar, it's gonna be like four or five would be them. I'm gonna say for me, it's Tarzan's number one. I grew up loving Tarzan, so that's my number one Disney movie. Well, that soundtrack. Um, that soundtrack yeah, you can't you can't beat that soundtrack so uh tarzan's number one lion king's number two okay um and then a tie i would say a tie for third for me would be hercules um and i really love the goofy movie that's just one that hit home as a it's kid a i don't know what it was it's just a classic movie and that's just one of my top ones for pixar i mean any of the toy stories you could throw in there sure. um more like more mostly two two is my favorite um and then i'm trying to think of another picture one that i could throw in there <laughs> i so think that many, says a lot <laughs> there's so many pixar that's like i could throw one in there but then i'd be like oh my god i forgot that one i'll leave it at that for right now because i'll hate myself for kicking one out and putting one in <laughs> with hercules who do you think should play hercules in the live action any ideas there's been so many <sighs> people rumored for a long time there is, and I haven't even seen some, I haven't seen all the rumors, so I'm not even sure who they're, you know, people yeah. are talking about. 
but I'm trying to think, you know, obviously it's gotta be someone kind of young. It's hard. It's hard. They're talking about Henry Cavill's rumored for Hades, which is kind of interesting. That is interesting because I don't really see him as a bad guy. Right. And he's not, I mean, not that Henry Cavill is not a great actor, but he's, I feel like Hades is funny. I don't see Henry Cavill being like, you know, like a comedian. Like, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. Honestly, for Hercules, I they'll do great with whoever they cast. Honestly, but I I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Do you do you have anyone that you'd like to see? I honestly don't. I you know I asked that question and I was like, oh crap, <laughs> I don't have anyone. I can't think of anyone that would do that. That would be good in that role because. And this is where I struggle with a lot of the live action is that the live action, I mean, the um, animated films are so iconic in so many ways that even trying to think of someone to take on the, those roles has been challenging. I think they did a great job with some of them. Um, you know, uh, Emma, Emma Watson as uh, Belle was, I think, phenomenal casting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I struggle with it. I really do struggle with it. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard when you, you've done that question. You're just like, okay. Mm, that person no because like i said they have to be young they got to be young or look at least younger looking yeah um, and then yeah hades definitely has to be someone funny i don't i mean henry cavill's a big guy so i think i get that but he's a hades is funny i don't see i mean henry cavill could pull it off great who knows but i don't i wouldn't see it i'm trying to see real quick if there's anyone that's rumored here to play uh hercules yeah, and i can't there's no one popping up right away um, so maybe they're still kicking the tires there. Um, I, so for mine, I would say my top one, Phil Collins again, um, but with Brother Bear, it's so off the okay. map. It's so off the map, but I love Brother Bear. Um, Brother Bear, I'd go. Aladdin's my number two, and um, Coco is my number three. Okay. I love Coco. That's a good one. I think it's okay. a phenomenal and that one shocked me. I didn't think I would... Because it came out, you know, as I got older. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm kind of straying away from the Pixar era. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. I'll go see it. And I was like, I was blown away. I was like, wow. I was like, was not expecting to go in there and like love this movie. Was like expecting to come out and be like, okay, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. And I was blown away. Pixar has its moments where they get a little bit more mature and it's, it's, they hit, they know, they know what they're doing. They hit the hard string somewhere and you're like, yeah, start choking up. (laughs) Like, oh, my allergies are coming. <laughs> All right, so switching gears to Marvel, here's the big question that's, you know, taking the internet by storm. Um, let's look at phase four. What phase four mm-hmm. movies, What what's your favorite phase four movie? Let's go that route. Spider-Man No Way Home. Agreed. Agreed. Favorite. Solid. Close second. Clo- uh, close, uh, okay, I'm not going to give it a close second because it's not close second. But number two for me was Wakanda Forever. Oh, so good. So good. It was... So good. And I went in there with like minimal expectations because I was like, whatever they do, whatever they had to go through with, you know, the passing of Chadwick, like it, whatever it is, it is. And I was like, wow. For me personally, I almost enjoyed it more than the first Black Panther. Um, I agree with you there, actually. As a whole movie. I mean, obviously, I think Chadwick's a better Black Panther than, you know, um, Patricia Wright. Yeah. Um, I was about to just call her Sherry. Um, (laughs) And, uh, when she did a well, she she blew me. She did a fantastic job. And that yeah. was that was one of those. I was more shocked and like, wow! I actually was not expecting to put this like in my top three of faves four, and it quickly shot up. Yeah, 
I agree with you there. It was really good. We talked on our podcast a lot about how worried we were, but worried we were for the film because they didn't have Chadwick. They had a big ask. It was a tall task for them. Um, but I love it. I thought they pulled it off really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just absolutely incredible there. Um, looking forward, did you see the Ant-Man trailer the other night? I did see the Ant-Man trailer. Oh, I'm right. I'm, I have a, I have a big, bold, hot take. Uh-oh. I, I think Kang's going to be bigger than Thanos as a villain. In Interesting. The um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Thanos is right now, he's, you know, the biggest bad we, we've seen. But I think, I don't know, from, you know, just the way Kang is, you know, coming the trailers and how he was, you know, how um, his variant was in the Loki series, um, just kind of saying that, hey, like, okay, if you, you know, stab me with this knife, um, just know that I'm coming for you and I'll see yep. you soon. And it's like he knows that like his other variants are gonna come, and I can only imagine how many you know variants we're gonna see of Kang, and they're probably all gonna progressively and progressively get, you know, more deviant and you know diabolical and just destroy and wreak havoc on all of our favorite Avengers. So <laughs> I th- I mean, if it doesn't come true, I'll bite the bullet on that one. But if it does come true, I'm sure there it is. <laughs> I think that's a great take. I honestly do. I agree with you there. There's a lot of talk that. Kang isn't really the big bad in this movie that it's actually Modoc pulling a lot of strings behind the the scenes mm-hmm. um and we got the first look at you know Darren Cross back as Modoc in this last trailer too uh which was interesting I'm I'm glad that they're doing that because that was a rumor for a while as to how Modoc could come into play mm-hmm. I think that's a really cool way to uh reach back to the first film yeah um, yeah what which Marvel movie are you most looking forward to that's coming up it's it's this one I'm okay. I'm really looking forward to because I'm I've I've been on the Kang train since you know his variant showed up in Loki so I'm 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 riding it I am you know pedal to the metal on Kang and I'm, I'm all in on him so I'm I'm really hyped for this movie obviously I think you know he's gonna come in at the beginning of the movie and be the nice guy hey I can help you out yep and then at the end it's obviously from the trailer he's like well I didn't agree to that or some whatever he said and I was like oh kind of sorry and then just goes to destroy Ant Man. Um, I don't know if Ant-Man is going to make it out. I don't know. I was just going to ask you that. Um, but I mean, I've seen, obviously we're getting to that point in time where, you know, people are speculating different things, you know, theories are coming out. So my whole TikTok feed is full of (laughs) Ant-Man theories left and right. People are saying the Fantastic Four could show up. People are, and that rumor has been for probably every last Marvel movie ever that's come out in the last two years. Oh, Fantastic Four will be in an end credit scene or the Fantastic Four will show up um but i did see one that kind of you know made me think um because obviously when ant-man got stuck in the quantum realm mm-hmm. and you know the end of ant-man 2 obviously time moves different in the quantum realm so you know five hours to him was five years on earth um so there was a theory or someone came up with a video and obviously, you know, in Infinity War, Thanos had his big bad entrance moment, you know, just kind of showing up and just beating up Hulk, killing Loki, beating up, beating up Thor. Um, so people were saying this whole movie is going to be Kang's entrance moment. And when he escapes the quantum realm, that's going to be the beginning of Kang Dynasty, the movie, mm. because time moves different. So while we're watching Quantumania huh. in in the MCU timeline, all the things between Quantumania and Kang Dynasty are going to happen. Everything in the middle 
is going to happen. Interesting. And then when he, so I, I saw it, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Cause like, obviously King's going to escape. We know he's somehow going to get out of there or a variant is going to get out. That's going to destroy, you know, Ant-Man or something. We'll see. But yeah, I saw that and I was like, it's a good, t- it's one of those takes where I'm like, I might hold on that to one. I might believe that one a little bit, you know, rather than some other ones that people come out with like, oh, the Fantastic Four will be in, in credit scene. Yeah, it's the, we're going to get that until they announce Fantastic Four and introduce it. It's the same thing with Mephisto back in the day. Oh, Mephisto is going to be in this, uh, this project. Yeah, he'll be in this TV show. Oh, did you see him? He was that, he was that, uh, that fly, fly. in division. Everyone <laughs> bought into it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's him. It's him. Yeah. I, that was, that was one of the most fun moments, I think, in the MCU in a long time is all the theories, like, week by week of WandaVision. Oh, yeah, it's Mephisto behind it. It's Mephisto. Never it's was crazy. Mephisto. Uh, we build ourselves up to let ourselves down. It's insane. Yeah. I um, love it. It's just an all-time, you know, moment. You get yourself hyped up, and then it doesn't happen, so you're mad, and you're like... Yeah. My take is, I think that they're... I think the Eternals are involved a little bit more. I think Eternals are connected to Shang-Chi with the Ten Rings and the technology that... Um, forget the character's name in Eternals. Um, that I think it was Brian Tyree, Henry's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's... You know, you see some remnants of that sort of in what we're seeing with Quantumania. I don't know how it all connects. Even with the rings. Even yep. the... Like, the rings in the... Tra- it looks like there's trailer. Like, the rings that, you know, Shang-Chi has are the same yep. rings that are in the quantum... So it's they're all going to connect eventually. And I know we all hated how phase four was kind of all spread out and nothing really correlated with each other. I mean, I think the only thing that really kind of correlated with each other was the end of no way home. And then the beginning of multiverse of madness where he was like, Oh yeah, I know Spider-Man. And that was just kind of like, that was, I just (laughs) helped Spider-Man. And it was like, okay, cool. That was kind of the only thing that connected. Um, But you know, I think everything now is just going to kind of come into play and yeah. We'll see, and it's gonna it's gonna be awesome. We'll see, and then the, the bracelets in Miss Marvel as well. I think they're awesome. yeah that yeah. And actually, I I honestly haven't. I I'll, I'll call myself out. I haven't watched it. It's really um, good, Cam. It's a really good it, show. Surprisingly, okay. I didn't expect so it because it. it was one of those things where it's like you know you see all these things on TikTok and people are don't watch it. Here it is, and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, people are saying like I won't watch it, but. I mean, I've heard a bunch of people say that it, it's good. So yeah. I'll I'll watch it before. I'll probably try and watch it before Quantum Mania comes out. Because it's it's not that long, is it? Like no, no, I think it's like eight episodes, maybe. Eight. Yeah, and, and they they move quickly. It's fun. All right, Cam, so wrapping up a little bit here. Um, what's next for Cam Travels? Any big plans in terms of the Disney coverage or expanding the channel at all? Nothing. Um, you know, channel-wise kind of you know for me for like going on trips i don't really i mean i plan in advance but a lot of things are very last minute so i'm like okay you know i could tell you nothing's gonna happen right now and then tomorrow i'm like oh i may you know come up with the biggest trip i've ever taken in my life or i come up with six parks in one day um (laughs) so it just depends on that just you know it's just kind of i play it by ear if something cool comes up something cool gets announced that i want to go and see i'll you know venture out and go see it but nothing in the works right now for the channel for here, for Disney-wise, um, obviously Tron's opening up soon. We just got that information, which is awesome. April fourth, is it? Out time, yeah, April fourth. Um, I think they should have just put it on April Fool's Day. It would have been funny, <laughs> um, just a funny joke. But um, yeah, so April fourth, and then Happily Ever After is coming back. So kind of doing that. I'm not sure if you know Disney World's doing a lot for the hundred year anniversary of Disney. I know Disneyland's doing a lot not sure so maybe we get some announcements I'll, I'll do some stuff on that but just kind of going with the flow and if anything new happens I'll, I'll cover that and go check it out 
That's awesome. It's all great content. And, you know, just going back to your channel, some of the videos are so fun because there's stuff that you cover that I've never done at Disney and then other stuff mm -hmm. that I see where I've done it a million times. And I'm like, yep, that's it. That's, yep, you know, that's, that's exactly, yeah, you know, exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, the best part is like showing people like, you know, different things that you can do in Disney world. Yeah. Um, you know, other than just going to the parks and riding rides, there's, there's so many things to do and everything's on. Everything's fun. Even just going to Springs and hanging out, eating, drinking, <sighs> shopping, literally everything. I did a trip by myself last year just to get away for, it was supposed to be like three days, four, no, four days. And then the last day I was like, I don't want to go home. So I changed my airfare, got like got a room again. Um, and I was at Disney Springs every night at like a different place, just having a drink, walking around, checking things out, listening to the bands. It was so much fun. It's it's a fun, it's I, I love I love the people watch. So yeah. it's a fun place to just go around and just, you know, people watch. I love it. Obviously, Disney World is probably one of the best places to people watch. It's 100%. 100%. <laughs> Cam, let people know where they can find you on socials and on YouTube. Yeah, so um, everything is Cam's Travels. Um, I know Instagram is Cam's Travels, and at the end, it's underscore. YouTube is just Cam's Travels, and you can find me on there. Awesome. Well, hey, Cam, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us about not only your channel and everything Disney, but we got into Marvel as well, which yeah. I know is on everyone's minds coming up. So uh, we'll yeah. see what it's happens with Ant-Man in less than a month. It's crazy. It, it's, it's it, Earlier, like last year, I was like, oh, my, wait, wait till February, because they delayed it. And I was like, wait, wait, and now it's almost here. So crazy. But no, I appreciate you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk soon. All right.